I just sat through your anti-relational voicemail because I have the best news ever. I'm doing a podcast. Oh my goodness, I'm dying right now. It's called Recovering. Okay, bye. Give me your strength and show me your weakness. We're in this together now. We're in this together now. Give me your love and tell me your secrets. Cause we're in this together now. Yeah, we're in this together now. Well, welcome everyone. Welcome to the Recovering Podcast. I am your host, Jennifer Dawn Watts, and I am a therapist. I'm a person in recovery. I also planted a few faith communities that are rooted in the 12-step model, and I'm excited that you're here and excited to be doing this. Thank you to those of you who voted for the title. We officially have a title to this podcast. Originally, it was going to be Just Ask Jen, but as some of you know, I was called by Mind Body Radio, and they would like to do a radio show, so I'll be taking questions on that show And it'll be similar to Dear Abby, uh, basically for the 21st century. Uh, I decided to do this podcast anyway, because I'm really excited about the possibility of talking about certain things. So I love the idea of asking questions. I think that that's very powerful and it's my favorite thing to do. Really, it is. It's just, uh, it's really nice when somebody asks you a question. I'm sure you've experienced this as well. And you suddenly hear yourself saying things and you remember what you know. And so, yeah, I appreciate that. It's part of my job as a therapist. And I do Q&R sessions at Q Faith Community, the faith communities I started. Um, So, yeah, I love questions. But I also love getting to talk about things. And I feel like it's a growth curve for me. You know, recently I had somebody uh, give me some feedback And they said to me, they said, um, you know, don't say that. You sound like an amateur. (laughs) And I mean, I'm laughing now, but at the moment I was, uh, you know, I felt a little bit of shame and embarrassment and I thought, gosh, what do I think I'm doing? You know, I just need to go back to my office and do therapy sessions because that's what I'm good at. Or maybe I can plant another Q Faith community because so far that's going pretty well. But as far as speaking and writing and creating a podcast, uh, I'm new to all of this. And so, you know, I felt some shame and embarrassment. And then I thought, well, you know, then I started, I I actually probably started to psychoanalyze them because that's what I do. That's one of my defense mechanisms. And, um, and I, you know, I felt critical and defensive, but then I started to think about it for a while and I thought, what am I supposed to do? Would you rather that I pretend that I know what I'm doing? Would that be better? Because I can try that, but I just feel like wearing a mask, that just isn't part of my recovery. That isn't what I believe in, in terms of therapy. Um, This is a path of rigorous honesty that I'm on. And so it feels really awkward to try to pretend. And so you know, I think that is going to be part of this podcast is being very transparent and vulnerable in front of you as I'm doing something new myself. 
And I'm hoping that will maybe inspire you in the things that you're trying to do. Maybe you're on a growth curve as well. Maybe you are pushing yourself. Maybe you are letting go of something that you've been pretty good at for a while. And you're called to um, grow or expand or transform, um, be made new, awaken. That could be possible in your life too. So I'm really hoping that if I can be brave and press record and do this, um, that maybe you can be inspired to do things similar. And so as I thought about what to talk to you about in the first one, I, man, I had so many ideas. And I thought about doing a series on the steps. Originally, that was my plan, you know, steps one through 12, and maybe even an introduction uh, to step zero, which is the unwritten step before the steps. And so for those of you that don't know it, uh, step zero is when we're very desperate. And the shorthand version of it is this shit has got to stop. <laughs> so if there's anything you're feeling like that about in your life, you know, that might be a sign that you could benefit from meetings. Uh, I thought about talking to you about the lie, which is a concept for me that is um, what's the thing that's behind the things. So whether it's alcohol or drugs, uh, gambling, uh, sex addiction, codependency, any of those kinds of things, um, I feel like uh, there's something behind that. I don't think that that's the whole story. And there's a reason that when people say that they start to get better from one addiction, they feel like it's whack-a-mole. You know, all of a sudden another addiction pops up. And so in 12-step, you know, the theory would be that we have a spiritual malady. And I think that that's true. But I definitely think that there's something working that's beyond us in the same way that there's something good working in the world. There's something not so good working in the world. And so I have examples that I could give you that are great metaphors for what it is. I think I would be hard-pressed to define it exactly for you. I think that would be foolish. But I think that as we start to talk about it, I think that you will start to see how the lie works in your life uh, to get in the way of what you're trying to do and to engage your ego, etc. So I thought about talking about that. But as I was you know, about to hit record, as happens sometimes, those of you on the spiritual path may also have had these experiences... I really felt like I was supposed to talk about something different. So I'm just going to wing it. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go where the spirit leads. So we are going to talk about porn and sex offenders. <laughs> That's where we're going today. So, you know, maybe this isn't going to be your thing, but I guess you're going to find out pretty quickly. Um, I want to talk about this because I was recently at a conference and it's for people who are progressive Christians mostly, which is what I am. And I went to this talk. I, I don't always go to the speakers when I'm at conferences because I'm a single mom. And when I get to get away from home, I tend to sleep quite a bit. And so I go to the conferences to kind of weave my way in and out, you know, meet different people. You know, I may hear something here or there, uh, but I just go where the spirit leads, you know, to the best of my ability. Sometimes it's probably me driving the bus. And I, so I, but I don't always sit there. I don't sit there for hours and hours, you know, in air conditioning in a room, staring at someone downloading information, uh, which probably tells you something about me and something about what I also hope for this podcast. You know, I hope that you're not just going to have to listen 
and then download the information and then go back to work or whatever that is. I hope that we can make this a space that becomes maybe more of a community where you will write questions. We can engage with one another um, as you listen. I hope something's happening for you. Um, you know, for me, when I listen to podcasts, I sometimes ride my bike because I can take in the information differently than if I'm just sitting there just trying to listen. So you might be doing something right now as you're listening to me, which I think is fantastic, you know, cooking or even if you're driving and I'm keeping you company. But yeah, definitely the whole old school idea of somebody who's an expert at the front uh, giving you all the info and then you downloading it and, you know, maybe regurgitating it as the end goal is not the goal of this podcast. Um, so I was at this conference and I met a new friend there and we had met on Twitter and it was so cool that he ended up being there. It wasn't planned at all, uh, but I just figured out that he was there and he was having me on his show coming up. So it was just perfect timing. And um, we, he was going to this um, talk and so he invited me to go with him and I said, sure, you know, absolutely. And so we went and it's very popular. The people that were talking, they're very, very popular. And there were so many fans in the room and everything. I've never heard of it. And so I was really interested. I was excited to find out what it was about. And um, as they started talking, they cover sort of pop culture topics. And one of the uh, topics they were covering was the whole Me Too situation that happened in the last year. And as they were talking about it, obviously, it's a really touchy subject. You know, I can feel myself even as I'm bringing it up right now going, ooh, you know, I'm wading into difficult territory here. Um, so, you know, I give them credit for addressing that. But how they were seeing things and how they were talking about it, I started, suddenly started to get really uncomfortable. And um, what was happening was they were talking about the offenders, the people who had done things wrong. And they were saying that, you know, they were upset because people were just getting away with things. And I, I totally, totally get that. And then um, they were saying something along the lines of, I think their idea on how to fix it was to fix the laws, to make the laws a lot more harsh. And I, I, I can't say for sure, but I'm, I'm about 90% sure that their solution was to ship all of the sex offenders to an island or something and to have really bad things be happening to them. And they felt that if that was what, what happened in their country, which happened to be the United States, uh, I'm Canadian, uh, but you know, it would apply in Canada, I'm sure as well. This is what they would hope for that, you know, the principle is, is that in countries where the laws are harsher then these things don't happen. And I definitely understand that on some level that could be true. Uh, I was in uh, a country, I think it was Malaysia, I was somewhere where they have really harsh laws about stealing. And I was young and I was in the, uh, I was traveling and I was on a train that went between areas of the airport and I accidentally left my purse and passport on that train and I was freaking out and I went back to the train to get it uh, in this random country, no passport wallet uh, and it was gone. And so then I went to information and I went to get it and they handed it to me and it had everything in it, all the money, everything. So I can't deny the fact that potentially harsher laws could be part of solving the problem. Enough said, agreed. What I was thinking about when I was sitting there, however, was that 
first of all, the way that they were talking about sex offenders was that these people are the bad ones. And that automatically makes us that are talking about it, the good ones. And this way of thinking about people was so familiar to me. You know, I grew up in a home where, in a family where gossip was part of the family. You know, you pick up the phone and, you know, you call someone in the family and you start, you know, gossiping sometimes about somebody else in the family, you know? And so that was part of my normal experience. That was how we bond uh, and vent or whatever you want to call it. And then, um, you know, as part of church and in church, there was kind of this us and them mentality, right? We have the answers. They don't, we can either get them on board in which they're part of the club or they're wrong and we're right. And so this idea of having a common enemy or of being right was so familiar to me. And it just felt like, oh man, I know where this is going. And I know that this is supposed to make us feel better, right? Because at least we're not like them. But the problem is, is that some of my friends are like them, right? I don't know exactly what some of my friends have done, but I know some of my friends have done some pretty harsh things in their lives. And I know that I've done things that I'm shameful of. And I just felt like this idea of pretending that we're perfect or that we have it so together compared to others was just not feeling right. I also happen to be in recovery and one of the ideas in recovery, it's in the fourth step, but they say that the reason that we use, uh, they say resentments are the number one offender. That's why we use. Okay. So if I get really codependent and start, you know, try to help everybody or get in a relationship with an addict and start trying to fix them, uh, resentments are part of that for me. And I'm trying to ignore that by medicating however I can. And so resentments were forming in me as I was sitting there and mostly towards the people that they were trying to have me rally against because I've had experiences where I've experienced sexual abuse and I started to think about what they were saying and I thought, yeah, you know, that's right. They are like this and they are like that. But my spirit wasn't benefiting from that kind of a conversation. And the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous says that if we're resentful, it cuts us off from the sunlight of the spirit. And so I thought, well, I don't want to be cut off from the sunlight of the spirit. I don't want to buy into this. So that's what was happening as I was sitting there. And then I really started to think about the addicts. And I thought if they are sex addicts, if they happen to be, you know, I don't know if they're addicts or not, but even if you were shipped to an island and there were terrible, harsh laws, they would have to live like a dry drunk And for any of you that would understand that concept, if you have anything that you are addicted to or have been addicted to, and that gets taken away, that is a terrible experience to live. Being in recovery and being in great recovery does not feel like that. When you're in great recovery, the problem's been removed. You don't want it anymore. You recoil from that, like from a hot flame. But when you're not in good recovery and you don't have fellowship and you're not doing the steps... It feels like restless, irritable, discontented. Um, You crave, there's an obsession of the mind. You can't stop thinking about it. If you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, try quitting sugar for about a week. (laughs) I'm pretty sure, you know, there's been times, I remember my one friend said to me when she was quitting sugar, she said, I'm to the point where I could scrape gum off of the sidewalk right now. (laughs) So if you don't know what I'm talking about, that's what untreated 
uh, spiritual malady kind of feels like. And that's when we crave and there's this obsession of the mind. And so the idea of a bunch of dry drunks, you know, from whatever their substance is on an island, you know, with harsh laws, it just sounded like a nightmare to me. And everybody's cheering. I mean, they're so into it. So then at the end of the talk, uh, my friend asked me, you know, he said, well, what did you think of it? You know, and I didn't know what to say because I felt so different. I felt so different from the people in the room. And I thought, gosh, you know, this is supposed to be progressive. Like this is the people at the forefront of what my faith is supposed to look like. And I am not feeling it. I'm not vibing at all with it. And so, um, I decided to be honest and I didn't launch into an attack on the speakers because again, that would have just been a different resentment. And I feel like we're all trying to do the best we can with what we have. But I just said, I just don't see the world that way. I just think really differently than that, I think. And he was intrigued. And so he started asking me more questions and we had a really good conversation and I started to tell him about even how, you know, recently I was invited to speak at a sex and porn addicts meeting. And I don't attend that meeting, but they had me come in as a guest speaker. You know, I said, make sure you take a group conscience because I'm not a member, but they really wanted me there. And I was able to speak about when people are addicted to pornography, a lot of times it has to do with intimacy avoidance. And the reason that we avoid intimacy is because earlier in our lives, we had experiences that were not comfortable when we were close with someone. And it doesn't have to be sexual. It can be in terms of intimacy when someone's really, really uh, intrusive with you and gets too close and tries to control you or tries to know too much about you that you don't want to share and doesn't respect your privacy. That's intrusive. And so those kinds of experiences over and over and over in relationship often cause people to uh, have an avoidant attachment style and not want to be close to people. They don't see intimacy and closeness as a safe place. They actually see it as really scary and anxiety provoking. And so we all need intimacy. We all need to be close to each other. And so sometimes pornography and sex addiction can be a false way of trying to fill that void. There's that hole for which we long for intimacy and instead of going after it in the real way, because that's too threatening, instead people go after it in a way, a roundabout way, kind of like counterfeit money instead of real money. And it just sort of medicates, you know, momentarily um, until it doesn't. And then we need more of it again. And so uh, when I went to the meeting, not only did I talk about intimacy avoidance and what causes it, which is nobody's fault, right? People, nobody wants to have an avoidant attachment style. But then I also got to talk about the other side of relationships where people are with addicts. And I started to talk about usually people with an avoidant attachment style end up with people who have an anxious attachment style. And so there is this sort of pursuer distancer dynamic where the anxious person will pursue the distancer distances then the anxious person will get more anxious because the person has distanced themselves. And so they'll pursue even more, which makes the distance or distance even more. And it's a really hard trap to be in. And so I started to talk about what it's like for me having an, an anxious attachment style. And I thought, 
this could be helpful because I can speak from my own experience. And I started to talk about the work that I've had to do to stop pursuing and to allow people to come to me that I care about and how it wasn't necessarily just the addict's fault that there was a dance going on and that they had to be honest when they felt like they were needing space or needing boundaries and that for myself on the other side of that relationship I've had to learn how to create a safe space where people can honestly tell me how they feel I've had to respect them when they share something difficult um, because that's the other thing you know sometimes when we avoid intimacy we are trying to spare the other person hurt by just avoiding it rather than talking about it. So if someone's brave enough to talk to me about how they feel, I try to respond well to that and I try to show them that I appreciate that and that it is safe to say those things. I'm not always perfect and that's the great thing about having friends around that want to stick around. You know, we can work this out together and if it doesn't go great the first time, we can talk about it again. Um, But instead of all of a sudden, you know, people in the meetings feeling like they had this disease and it was all about them, they started to see that there was a dynamic in which it didn't mean that they just had to start having intimacy with people, you know, no holds barred. Uh, there were there could be rules and there could be boundaries. And to acknowledge when you feel uncomfortable, you know, when you feel uncomfortable, there's a reason for that. And that's worth attending to. And so I had to own my part as well in those kinds of relationships instead of just finding a scapegoat and laying blame. So I think all of this relates to what I want to cover in this podcast. I want to explain how I see the world. I've come to those places through my experience in psychology, my own recovery, my own personal work in counseling, and the teachers that I've had along the way. Um, and I, I, I hopefully will give you a different way of seeing the world. And my main hope is that it helps you. I hope that it helps you feel differently about yourself and how you consider some of the situations that you're in and maybe some of what you've blamed yourself for. And there's maybe another way to see it. Um, also how you might change, you know, being hard on ourselves usually doesn't work, you know, stricter laws, Uh, don't usually work. And then also hopefully we talk about pathways out. I think the starting point is by acceptance, you know, of the situation and where you are and what's causing it from my perspective. But also, you know, what can we do about it, right? If it's not going to work to have harsher laws, uh, where do we go from here? So that's the beginning of the podcast and we'll talk about more as we go along. Thanks for being here. Well, I hope you heard something today that keeps you coming back. In closing, I want to remind you, like any good sponsor would, that to keep it, we have to give it away. If I want to stay well, I have to get outside of myself, and the same goes for you. So, who do you know that needs this? Pass it on. Another way to carry the message is to host a meeting. It's easy, it only takes an hour, and in 12-step, if you can read, you can lead. For more info on that, go to qfaithcommunity.com. Thank you for letting me share with you today, and thank you for helping in my recovery. Let's do this together, one day at a time. Yeah, we're in this together now.